you know, a lot of people, as soon as they hear there's an affair, they say, that's it, the relationship should end. And I, as you know, don't agree with that. But um, if it happens again, then I think you really have to say to yourself, you know, what, what's going on here? We have talked in the past about how to deal with a cheating spouse. But what if you've gotten past that, but now you think your spouse might be cheating again? Dr. Karen Sherman weighs in with some answers. Stay tuned. Can you feel it? The power coursing through your veins. Underneath the lights. We have a ridiculous limited time wine club special going on right now. Go ahead, open your browser while you're listening to this. Visit hitchmag.com and click the wine club link to find out the details. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, so, Karen, for those tuning in for the first time or may have just forgotten, um, although I don't know how that's possible, uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She is the author of many best-selling books. Uh, she has a program out now called From Fight to Foreplay, and you can get information on that called at fromfighttoforeplay.com. And she has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Empowered Relationships. And she has taken time away from all of that, her busy, busy schedule, to talk to us today about dealing with a topic we have actually discussed in the past, but not this particular angle. So we are going to talk about a spouse that has cheated. You've recovered from that cheating, but now you think that they actually might be cheating again. Um, so we, we, we ha- like I said, we've talked about how you can move forward after an affair uh, but we really haven't explored this side of it to where you begin to worry about your spouse um, and how they might actually be a serial cheater. Now, if a person cheats once, Karen, are they more likely to cheat again a second time? It's a great question, and it's a tough question. You know, I remember back in college taking a course, and I don't remember the course where there was a correlation, and correlations are not causative. In other words, um, what correlations say to you is that you know that when one situation is occurring, you can predict what will happen with the other. But you don't, you can't say that one thing actually caused the other. And so the correlation was between that more, that if you smoked pot, you were more likely to smoke, uh, to, to use heroin. Okay, but it doesn't mean that a pot smoker causes you to use heroin. And what he was explaining to us at the time was that if you were the kind of person who was a risk taker at that time, it was risk considered a risk taking behavior, that you were more likely to, let's say, color outside the lines and also do a risk taking behavior like heroin. So in other words, there was a third variable. So now we come back to your question. And so, on the one hand, I suppose if you took that risk one time and did go outside the marriage, there is a greater likelihood that you might do it again. On the other hand, as we have discussed on previous podcasts, 
many affairs happen by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, things happen sometimes. And when the person gets involved, it really is an anomaly. Um, they really didn't mean for it to happen. It was just sort of like all the planets lined up, you know, mm-hmm. in, in sort of, I want to say the right way, but it was really the wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, they are remorseful. Um, there's healing work that can be done, and it's not going to happen again. So I can't answer absolutely if you do it once, are you likely to do it again? Um, there is definitely a difference between somebody who has an affair once and a serial, uh, a person mm-hmm. who has serial affairs. There's okay. a definite difference in those personalities. Okay, that makes sense. Um, now, we have spoken in the past about how to move on, uh, but what do you do if a few years down the road you do think your spouse uh, may be up to something again? Well, you have to confront it. You can't, you can't overlook it. And I think the sooner you confront it, the better. Okay. And, and I mean, do you – so there has obviously – if this has happened in the past and it was confronted originally and you guys have worked on things and moved on, um, confronting them straightforward, is that the best policy? Because they might – if, for example, you haven't they, – they haven't been doing anything – and you have these suspicions, uh, might they think that you are not letting go of the past or badgering them about one mistake? Sure. And, you know, once you have this in your history, then, you know, there's always going to be that little gnawing feeling at you having, if you are the one that it's been done to, of, you know, is something happening? It's almost like, God forbid, you have cancer. Once you've had cancer, you're always worried, you know, could the cancer come back? So, you know, of course the person could say, oh, well, you know, you're just suspect because this happened once before. And, you know, whether you're discussing something like this or you're discussing the fact that, you know, you said you'd be home at six and you didn't get home at seven, the way that you present something is going to have a lot to do with how somebody's going to respond to you. So if you're attacking the person, you're not going to get a good response. Now, that being said, Very few people are going to say, oh, yes, sweetie, I forgot to mention that I started an affair again. Um, But I think that if you go for the juggler and say, you know, you know good so-and-so, you know, I know you're cheating again, and Mm da-da-da-da-da, there there isn't, it's very unlikely that the person is going to say, yes, yes. I think that what you'd most likely do is say that I'm starting to notice some behavior that looks very reminiscent mm-hmm. of things that were happening in the past. And they concern me. Um, they make me very anxious. And before things really get out of hand, you know, I think we need to talk about them. So, I mean, part of, I think, what you're describing and approaching your spouse with this concern is validating your feelings about why you're having these feelings as opposed mm-hmm. to just being accusatory. It's That's not correct. like it's coming out of nowhere. That's correct. That's correct. And and a lot of times, you know, when an affair has occurred, the person who is the non-perpetrator will say, you know, I had these feelings or I suspected something or the behavior was different, but I thought, no, 
you know, my mate wouldn't do that to me or whatever. So, you know, you do, you can start to have more of your antenna up or, or your antenna starts to pick up something different and you can call upon those. Now, when I'm working with couples with affairs, one of the um, pieces in the protocol that I use is there's a letter at the end where you actually say, you know, when this is from the person who committed the affair, when I start to notice X, Y, and Z occurring, that sort of led me to actually go ahead with the act. Before I act on it, I'm going to come and talk to you so that we can make sure it, it, I don't go down this road again. Mm -hmm. so, so the point is that there are certain uh, preconditions, shall we say, uh -huh. and you know, the person who has committed the affair could come to their mate and say, I notice that um, you know, we're, we're being disconnected again. We have been making time for each other. But again, the, it, it, the person who committed the affair, if they're starting to act out in certain ways where they're not quite telling the truth about everything or they're acting harshly, the mate can now say, look, I could be wrong about this, but I'm starting to notice some behaviors, as I said before, that feel uncomfortable to me and yet familiar from the past. Yeah. What's, what's going on? I think part of this is when, when a break of trust of that magnitude has happened, it kind of rewrites the rules a little bit um, within the marriage. Um, it it, it kind of reminds me of this punk song that I love. Uh, w there's a line in it that says, uh, trust is something that comes easy when you've never been a victim. And I think that is how a marriage is prior to infidelity. It's easy to trust them. But once that trust has been broken, all of a sudden uh, there's a lot of sus suspect behaviors that you begin to become acutely aware of. Or they might not even be suspect, but you are more in tuned at that point because you have been victimized in that regard. Yes, Yes. Um, and the other piece of that also is that you may be suspect of things that really have no meaning at all. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. The false and positives. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that it behooves the person who violated the trust to be understanding and not get annoyed about that. Um, you know, but that's, that's the general subject of how you do repair. Sure. Um, but again, I think that it has to be approached in a way of just, you know, look, here's what I'm noticing and maybe I'm wrong, but before we go down this path again, you know, I'd rather be checking it out. Yeah. So, I mean, we've already touched on this, but so just to reiterate, if your spouse is showing what you think are some of the warning signs, mm -hmm. it's definitely something that should not be ignored. Something oh, to bring up and say, you know, the last time that uh, we went off course you were doing these behaviors. I just want to be reaffirmed that, you know, everything's cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So if you do in fact think that your spouse is cheating, not just the warning signs, but let's say that like maybe, maybe there is like harder evidence. How, like what should that approach be? Is it, or is it any different? 
I think you still have to confront it. And, you know, I think, I mean, obviously it, it's far more serious because then you have to really dig down deep within yourself and decide, you know, do you really want to stay with this person? Um, you know, once is a mistake and, you know, you can look at it as symptomatic of, you know, what was wrong in the marriage, what were the problems, whatever. If it happens again, um, I think that you really have to take a very long, hard look at, you know, is this something that, um, can you rebuild the trust again? You know, a lot of people, as soon as they hear there's an affair, they say, that's it, the relationship should end. And I, as you know, don't agree with sure. that. But um, if it happens again, then I think you really have to say to yourself, you know, what what's going on here? Yeah. Okay. Now, okay, so, I mean, it was, we were just talking about this as if, you know, if it happens once, whatever, but if it happens a second time. So if a person cheats, they're a cheater. However, if you've been through this before and let's say you went to therapy, for example, and it came out during therapy that your, your, your spouse felt neglected or whatever, um, and you continued to do uh, and exhibit that same neglectful be neglectful behavior um i you know and i'm not saying that the cheater is let off the hook here but does that also make you more responsible the second time around or somewhat complicit in in what has transpired well i would question i would also put into question the therapist because um again I see affairs as being symptoms. Okay. And when I'm working with couples, I don't work just with healing the trust of the affair, but then I go to, okay, now let's work on what led up to the problem. And that's, that's a hard pill for a lot of um, people to swallow who mm -hmm. were the victim because it's like, well, you know, my mate is the one who made the decision. They didn't have to make the decision. Yeah. Um, but the truth of the matter is that very often there are things that were going on situationally or in the marriage or lack of communication. There's any number of reasons that caused this to be the final step in, in the dance. So I think that it's important to then also work on um, the tools within the marriage so that this doesn't happen again. A lot of times people will say, um, well, I told you I was unhappy. You know, I, I let you know that. Mm -hmm. And the other person will say, you never told me at all. Well, probably this morning I was working with someone where the one person said something about, you know, I was doing X, Y, and Z. I was, I was trying to send you the message. Well, that's a great phrase, send you the yeah. message. You know, but if it's not said directly, then how was the other person to know what your intent was? So my point is, going back to you saying the neglect. Mm -hmm. So if the mate is still neglecting, then it would also be the fault of the person who's cheating to say, you know, one of the things we realized was that I cheated because I was feeling neglected and I'm starting to feel neglected again. Before we disconnect and run into a problem, I need to let you know that that's what I'm experiencing again. So that, you know, whose fault is it? Sure. You know, it, it's the fault of 
the manner in which the couple is relating to each other. And so the the person who cheated, uh, they it, it has been identified that you know maybe maybe when they cheated the first time they weren't quite sure why they did you know why why they acted the way they did, but they have now discovered oh I was feeling neglected at home, right. and so now they have that tool set, and instead of sending the quote unquote message, um, they it, it's also their responsibility to take that new skill set and and use their adult words <laughs> to to actually be able to communicate to their spouse like I'm feeling left out again I don't want to you know I don't want to drift apart you know maybe don't use the the language of I don't want to cheat on you but right. I don't want to I don't want to drift apart like we had in the past yes. I think we should go out on a date this weekend or something Yes, and thank you for doing that because as I was saying it, I was saying, oh, I don't like that, Karen. I don't like using that language of, you know, I don't want to be cheating again because that's going to just bring up a whole bunch of, you know, dirty laundry. I like the way you said it better. Maybe you'll take my place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I need uh, a lot more. I need to do a lot more homework to get there. Um, but uh, so, so I mean, I, I do like this perspective, though, because you did bring it back to it. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, the person who is acting out is still responsible in this scenario, even if their spouse has been told you have a role in this. And and that's, again, not to let the, the, the cheated on person off the hook either. I mean, they need to work at it too. And this gets back to everything that we do, which is um, being mindful, as you like to point out all the time, being mindful of your relationship and paying attention to it and not being neglectful or taking um, for granted your spouse and all the things that they do and all that other wonderful stuff that we talk about regularly. Yes. And, and, you know, it's funny as I'm listening to you, I remember in another podcast, you said, I don't like that people should think that they have to work at things. But then you went on to say, which is exactly what I was going to say. It really all boils down to being aware of your relationship. And it is the responsibility of both partners to do that. Um, and when both partners really prioritize their relationship and pay attention to it, then the, the, the various difficulties or challenges are going to be much less. I don't want to say there's not going to be any because then you still have work pressure, family pressure, kids, life, but you can be much more connected with each other and you know, deal with it in a much better way. Yeah. There's a uh, new comedy on TV, and we record this, uh, you know, probably a couple weeks at least in advance of when this actually airs. Uh, but it, so if you're hearing this and you're just like, yeah, that was a long time ago, just bear with me a second. Um, it, there's a new comedy on TV called Blackish, and it's um, it, it it's I've heard it described as kind of like the new Cosby Show, um, and it's a husband and wife working couple. And the most recent episode that I watched had the the wife and the husband kind of switched roles. Whereas she was the, uh, she has a job, but she was also doing all the, the home care type stuff of cooking the meals and taking care of the kids at school and all that stuff. And, and, and that kind of a thing. Um, and they swapped roles and, and it got into this dynamic of who's responsible for what. 
Uh, but one of the great things that I like about this show is that they both pay attention to the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gets me thinking about we have these very defined roles in, in our relationship about you are the breadwinner or we're both breadwinners, but you have to do th- you have to t- handle these responsibilities. I'll be the one that takes the kids to practice or, you know, I'll be the one that cooks the meals and you clean up the dishes and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to the marriage, when it comes to the relationship, you can't hand it off to the other person to be the one that's responsible for taking care of everything. Good and point. I guess that's the point that I'm trying to get at is there yeah. is no, uh, this is your job or my job to plan our date night or to be present when we're having conversations. Like you can't be the one that, ha- you know, this is a, a team. This is something that you both have to be engaged in. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. It it certainly will work better that way. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, people have done it without that, um, not necessarily saying that they got the most out of it. I mean, there are NFL franchises that don't win very many games. It doesn't make them good. It just makes them an NFL franchise. So, uh, Because, you know, I have to get my sports analogy in every week. Um, all right. Well, this was this was great, Karen. Is there anything you would like to add, or should we button this one up? No, nah, I think we're good with this one, Steve. All right, that sounds good. Um, okay, so that is going to do it for us this week, everybody. Um, I want to remind you: if this is your fifth episode that you have listened, you now have enough information. You've gathered a- a- enough of an opinion to give us some sort of rating. That is the only payment we ask for from you by listening to this fantastic information from Karen. Uh, So you can go to iTunes or Stitcher, give us a rating. We want honest feedback. And by the way... I, you know, I don't want to just ask for this just as like an ego boost. I want you to give an honest rating, but the reason for it is that it helps us get discovered by people looking for relationship information. So those podcasts that have a lot of feedback are the ones that the recommendation engines uh, help move the cream rising to the top, if you will. So we greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you have things that you'd like us to do differently or, or things to improve, I'm all for that too. So please let us know. And if you don't want to put it in the review and you want to just email us, we have a, a gigantic email button on our podcast page at hitchmag.com. Um, so I want to thank you very much for in advance for any participation in that. But uh, I do, before you click off here, want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. As you can tell, all that information, I mean, she was just telling us today about um, a real life situation that came into her office this morning. So we are getting the benefit of real working uh, scenarios in our discussions. And and that is so valuable, I think, um, for what we are able to provide. So I want to thank you, Karen, for that. Um, You can get this information at her website. You can find out all about Karen at her website, drkarensherman.com. She has a program out for those people looking to turn things around called From Fight to Foreplay. You can find information on that at fromfighttoforeplay.com. That's all spelled out. She has her own radio show on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Empowered Relationships. So if you want to hear even more fantastic information from Karen, be sure that you listen to that and subscribe to that where on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Um, and, of course, you can find all this information on our website, hitchedmag.com. 
Uh, we love hearing from you. We uh, really appreciate you listening to this episode and can't wait to deliver a new one next week. So until then, take care, everybody. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. No.